When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. America, 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 yeah. This is the main event. This is your main event. Marked Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, and you'd better call the cops, because I'm in your house. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure-hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Mr. Fuji to my Jim Cornette. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? So the troll that lives in the house got in? Motherfucker! Huh? Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't even know how to respond to that one. I'm just going to move right on past. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we, had a, we had a debate over uh, whether or not you got me back recently for all those crappy shows. I mean, you, you watch for this podcast. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of did. Yeah, so uh, good on you, I guess. You know, high five. Like, you know, so. like 10 soft hits from like a, a horrible boxer. Versus one hard hit Muhammad Ali. You know, which one do you want? Yeah, right. Well, you know, which one do you take? <laughs> you, you were saving that one up, man. <laughs> so good for you. But either way. Yeah, everybody. Uh, want to start off by saying before we get into this, check out our YouTube channel if you haven't already. It's growing by leaps and bounds. We're always posting uh, new stuff. And it's not just on wrestling. If you haven't checked out the channel, obviously... We post the podcast and clips from the podcast, and Jacob Grandi posts uh, Curtain Jerkin up there, which is all current stuff from around the world. I have a lot of fun with that one. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Curtain Jerk all the way to the main event. But either way. Jerk the curtain on the the train. uh, You've sent me pictures of some other people have been uh, doing some jerking on the the train, but either way. I got to see. You got to see. You know the rule. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) But uh, we've also got other stuff on there for our Marks on Media uh, playlist. With uh, it, it, I, I like to do TV and, and movie stuff on there every once in a while. Uh, Greg, as the kid, as kids say, smash that like button. Exactly. But uh, I, I do a lot of TV and show or TV and movie stuff on there from uh, the entertainment world. But Greg and I have the video game side of it smothered and covered, and we're gonna we're gonna do more. This this summer's really hot going into uh to gaming season spring was pretty hot for gaming season as well so Nintendo for sure. <laughs> yeah and we posted a video if you it's a little long it's about uh it's around 30 ish minutes i forget off the top of my head but and by by the time this post it's, it's a while ago but there are not a lot of release dates for big playstation games uh 25 minutes uh about 25 and a half minutes i gotta say but um it's on the PlayStation Showcase where 
they showed off everything coming this year, next year, whatever the, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest things they have locked and loaded. And by the time this posts as well, we've got the Xbox. What is it called? Showcase. Uh, the Xbox Showcase. Yeah, they went real original with the title, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, that's that's going. I thought PlayStation was always called State of Play, but then they call it the um, Showcase. Yeah, I think this is the summer thing, though. Those are the uh, in between year in in the middle of the year things. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. Well, don't quote me on way. that. <laughs> Every time Nintendo, right? You just pretend to be one on the YouTube channel. I do. But every time uh, Nintendo posts a uh, Nintendo, I'm forgetting, blanking on the name, Nintendo Direct. Direct. Yeah. Every time Nintendo posts a Nintendo Direct, we we got that covered. Every time uh, PlayStation will do a showcase or Xbox has a showcase, we'll have all that covered for all your gaming needs. The only one we don't really cover is specifically is PC because neither one of us are PC gamers, but most of these games are going to be on the PC. So, you know, if you, if you want to take a look at them, many games on the PC anyways, that are like PC exclusive. to my knowledge. Right. I'm sure yeah. there are. Well, you're doing, well, you forgot about this. I'm not saying there aren't. I said, I don't know. I don't know of many. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'll get, uh, how no, we, actually, yeah, we, don't, we don't really cover steam a whole lot. So, you know, it is what it is, but either way, go check that out. Uh, if, also, you know, like I said, for all your, wrestling needs and we post exclusive content when we go places we will be in detroit for SummerSlam. i'll have some pictures yeah, blue. And footage uh eat ass all of it just go in to and it's abyss's ass by the way go in deep and hard face wow. first <laughs> uh but anyway, <laughs> anyway uh we will be in uh detroit for SummerSlam and uh, possibly some other things that weekend so it's gonna be a lot of fun and i'll post stuff about it on the YouTube Yeah, you know, channel. every time I go, I always forget to record stuff. I just, I will remember this time because you're there. Yeah, it's, well, I, I kind of do most of the same thing, too. It's, you know, because you want to put the damn phone down and live in the moment, you know? But yeah, right. For the content side of things, I'll, I'll try to get some footage and uh, post it on there, and we'll kind of show you what, what's going on in, in Detroit Rock City and all that, so, and uh, all the spots around it. And uh, if you're a fan, you want to say hi, you know, uh, come look us up and all that while we're in town. Give us, give us a fist bump and all that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. You'll know what Troy looks like. He's the one who looks like a little kid, but in a man, uh, in a man's body. Good God. Well, hey, if I if I shave and dye my hair, I could still get carded for alcohol. So there's that. Dude, I would lose it. I know some people think that's a compliment, and I, it is, but I would lose it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a few times I, well, because I'm, I'm getting gray hair, uh, but if I wear a ball cap, you can't see, and I don't have a lot of gray in my beard or anything, so if I trim it and I, I wear kind well, of... I do, so I have to shave my face completely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I just wear t-shirts and jeans usually. I have Mexican and, blood. We, we so. gray quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm... I, I'm just getting it in the sides, like J. Jonah Jameson. But if I wear a ball cap, you can't really see. Like I've I've had a couple of glances. Like uh, the woman at the counter will like look up at me, like uh, I'd be like, <laughs> okay. But this is my way, wife. You're not old enough to be married. I'd be. <laughs> oh wow. But either way, uh, the show we're covering today. I've seen it in the past. I forgot about it. It's honestly <sighs> not as bad as I thought it was. It's like they're. A 
No, a it was pretty decent I, match. I guess in hindsight, no. Right. I think I, what you just said, I think I said the exact same thing about WrestleMania 9. Yeah, right. I don't know yeah. why get so much crap, but it was not that bad. In the in the long run of in your house events to get crapped on, I don't know if this event in particular gets crapped on more so the main event, just because it's a a cluster. You know what? We got to be but, fair though. You and I are huge Nash fans, so you do get points for that, right? And there are a couple of matches on here that that are pretty damn good. One in particular, but you know the rest one of them, for sure. Uh, right, might have been the ninety five match of the year. I don't know how crowded that field is, but. Right. Uh, I mean, you could also go with uh, Diesel and Brett was, was up there as well. But yeah, the the Intercontinental title on this uh, Intercontinental title match on this card was uh, it was worth the watch. And what did you pay? 15 bucks for this back in the day? I, I probably I don't I mean, I was a kid. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> well, yeah, right. But I think it, I, I want to say the price point was $15. I mean, there's worse ways you could have spent, you know, two hours and 15 bucks, man. So. There you go. Dude, 1995, I was like full in wrestling. I mean, I still am today, but like nothing was bad to me back then. Yeah. And even the bad stuff on the show wasn't that bad, in my opinion, anyway. So we'll get into all that. But there's plenty of news and notes to get to uh, in our next segment after the break. But real quick, I do want to thank the sponsors of this here podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design, and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf look good, feel good, feel good, play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to dive into our first break and then get into all the news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. By God! Somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks! Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. 
But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. It's news and notes time. Cracking anything? Uh, No, I'm drinking uh, Jake Paul's Prime Drink. How is that, by the way? Well, I'm drinking this... uh... Ice pop one. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, what color is that? Oh, red, white, and blue. America. Oh, F yeah. It's actually a take on that uh, that red, white, and blue ice pop that you get from like the ice cream man or the local 7-Eleven yeah. or something. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like the rocket yeah. pops or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I, I remember those. I haven't seen them in a while. They're, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're at the store at I'm this point. Certain, wink, by wink. the way, I was eating one of these watching the show live. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I really want to uh, bet my whole paycheck on that. <laughs> and was it just like a, a thing around here or out there as well? Like every grandma had a freezer full of those popsicles in the plastic. Probably not just there. Okay. Yeah. My, my grandmother would always, every time I was at her house, uh, me and my cousin hanging out, it's like, you guys want popsicles? Or he would just go right in and grab a handful of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, man, the nineties, that was a, that was a good time. Anyway, news and notes time, and uh, what was not a good time, but let's hit it. That is correct. Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. (laughs) And that guy he's referring to is Uncle Dave. So uh, I have a lot of uh, opinions 
of his that he editorialized into this one. So, yeah. Uh, you ready for that? Right about now, these two kids out Rancho Cucamonga are being born. They're going to change the wrestling business. Yeah, right. They're going to kill the business, but in a good way. I like that. That was an actual t-shirt of theirs. Killing the business. I thought. Yep. I think it says it in their Tron, too. Killing the business. <laughs> like... I've heard some of their marky ass fans say they're not like quote killing it like you know murder, like you know when you're doing something well and someone says you're killing it. Oh lord! I thought they were. I don't. I don't know. I'm not saying it's either one. I don't know what it is. I thought they were referring to it as like killing the old way and you know making it like remaking it in their image or whatever you know. <sighs> but it's like I don't you think know, I would old... stick with that when your show's bad. But <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I don't want to get into that, but yeah. The first story I got here, Uncle Dave watched UFC 6 and thought it was oh the, the most intense and most exciting live sports event he'd seen in many years, end quote. I gotta pull this so, up. Let's see what it is here. So I, I'm going to say he never watched the Super Bowl, but uh, I could be wrong. This is 1995. Like, I don't, I'm assuming he's a Niner fan. They were just in the Super Bowl. So, right. um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. What do we got on here? Let's see here. Uh. Yeah, they, well, they beat the Chargers that year, I believe. How about that? Oh, this was uh, Shamrock and Severn, Tektorov and Abbott. Oh, Abbott fought a couple times. This is a tournament, bro. Tournament, bro. I don't know most of these guys, but I know Tank Abbott and Sh- Shamrock and Severn for the obvious reasons. Right. Uh, yeah, it was hmm. uh, interesting. But, uh, oh, by the way, at this point, for people that don't know, and God bless you, Uncle Dave wasn't convinced that, he, that the UFC was a shoot for the longest time. But right here, right, uh, but it, right here at this point, uh, he's pretty sure that it is a shoot right now. Like finally, looking at looking at some of these times on these finishes, this is a, a this is a, a work. They worked one minute, another one was twenty seconds, one was nine seconds, one was a minute fifty three, one was two minutes fourteen seconds. If this is a work, why would you go longer? Why the hell would you end them like quickly? For timing, bro. I, I hell, I don't know. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. Well, he always thought he knew more and knew better and everything is a work. What do you mean always whatever. thought? That's implying thinks, that he doesn't know. Oh. Yeah, right. Well, thinks, thought, you know, whatever. Well, insinuating that he thinks, but either way. Uh, in fact, Dave compares the Oleg uh, Taktarov versus Tank Abbott final to Jumbo Saruta versus Mitsuharu Mizawa from 1990 and the famous hair match between Toyota and Yamada in 1992. In other words, of course, he's pulling door. names out of his ass. Of course, <laughs> Japanese names, Greg. I think I just heard a car name. And did you say Toyota? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, he really just pulled names out of his ass. OK. Yeah, I think that's Manami Toyota. I want to say their name. I can't. I don't know who Yamada yeah, I'm is. I'm sure you had a seven star classic in Tokyo. I got it. Right. Well, I, well, yeah. I mean, you see Jumbo Saruta and Mitsuharu Misawa, they probably beat the absolute breaks off of each other in 1990 but so i know i don't know who the other dude is though he didn't wrestle for long uh as the name would suggest he was a big boy a jumbo saruta you know but uh yeah he just uh i think he had to retire due to injuries after a while because he got pretty banged up pretty quickly but either way yeah (laughs) i i like how he watches this shoot fight competition and his first thought is wow this reminds me of this tokyo dome show i saw back in 1990 like shut the (laughs) up Oh man, God, man! You don't remember that? Who are you trying to fool? Yeah, uh, knowing his freaking brain and the way it works, like uh, it, 
you know, his, uh, his Rain Man tendencies. Allegedly! You know, he, I, I'm sure he remembers. But either way, while Takarov won the tournament and his place as a monster heel in the promotion, I like how he's using that wrestling that terminology, like the by the way. That sounds like the in NBC and uh, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the was real the star... Something like that. I'm not sure. But the real star of the show was Tank Abbott, who spent the week trash-talking the competition and turned it uh, and turned into the major target for everyone in the tournament. Abbott's announced discipline is made is the made-up pit fighting, which is just a fancy term for doing whatever is needed to win on the streets. I mean, Not he's not proving wrong. that early UFC was just a freak show joke. Got it. Right. Thanks for the what's confirmation. Your style? What's your style? Pit fighting. Yeah, that doesn't exist. What's your style? Uh, toughest guy at the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hey, pit fight doesn't exist. Riddle fought uh, Seth Rollins in a pit fight. Yeah. How dare you? Good God. In particular, Tank had words for Dan Severn in his media kit. Quote, Severn, he slaps like a chick. My mom can hit harder than that. End quote. <sighs> He's always yeah. going to go homophobic or sexist or something with his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, right. I like how he went all sandlot with it. You slap like a girl! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. I, I would never caught that. Well, <laughs> I, you know, he, he better watch his mouth, though, because, you know, apparently there's some Hardcore Dan Severn fans out there, man. If you talk crap about Dan Severn, you're dead to them. You better watch your effing mouth. Some people just respect a good mustache. I gotta, I gotta give them that. But I, one guy recently commented on one of our Dan Severn videos. This is real. I, yeah, right. I did, Yes, there are multiple shorts of ours where we talk something about Dan Severn, and he commented and said, "Yeah, ever since I like from the first time I saw his Ned Flanders mustache, I couldn't take him seriously." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how? Yeah, I was like, how dare you? That was the best part of him, which you know tells you all you need to know. <sighs> Man, well, WCW presented Bash at the Beach, making quote Vince McMahon look like George Washington, end quote, with claims of quote hundreds of thousands of fans on the beach for the show. So, I, I'm going to take that quote to mean that Uncle Dave feels like George Washington was like a saint that never lied. I guess there is that, you know, that old story about chopping down the cherry tree and then coming clean about it. I completely forgot about that until this sentence, by the way. But Uncle Dave was there live. God. The where cherry tree? Bash? Yes. <laughs> uh, where was Bash of the Beach 95? I know it was on a beach, but was it in Cali? I want to say it was uh, SoCal. Yeah. I, let me look. Hold on. So he made the trek to SoCal for this. Got it. Well, the Baywatch babes were there too, so I mean, yeah, I got a story well, about at, that. At, at the very least, he's uh, accused of being a pervert, hom- pervert, hom- heterosexual. So there's that. But you hey, know, I'm not knocking. Hey, I myself am one, so hey, you don't know. Maybe he wanted to catch Tony Schiavone in a Hawaiian shirt, man. You don't know. Uh, Huntington Beach, yeah. Well, T. Ortiz was there. Yeah, right. Little Samoa Joe was in the crowd. <laughs> but. Uncle Dave was there live, and due to completely incompetent setup of the ring and bleachers, he calls it one of the worst shows he's ever seen. Although, to be fair, you, it was... When you heard the ring was going to be on the sand on the beach, you didn't see something like that coming? Yeah, right. Uh, but to be fair, it wasn't quite as bad on TV, but still a big thumbs down. 
As you'd expect from WCW, they were full of excuses for how lousy the show came off, with fans throwing garbage at the ring out of boredom. <laughs> Quote, it was too hot outside. It well, was... Go ahead. No. Well, they said it was too hot outside. It was a heel crowd. It doesn't, uh, and it doesn't matter because the audience is mostly kids now. Stuff like that. Whereas What's some of these matches, though, dude, Renegade versus Paul Orndorff, Kamala versus one. Jim Duggan, take my money. Yeah, yeah. Diamond right, yeah. Cage versus Dave Sullivan. Oh hell yeah, man! Wait, you you mean Kamala? Who is it? Kamala versus Jim Duggan? Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Man, I, uh, you and I talked about that before where, uh, you know, Arn Anderson and Paul Orndorff, I don't know what, you know, it doesn't matter what else they did in their life. They did their good deeds by putting over the renegade <laughs> on pay-per-view, by the way. God. To, uh, speak ill of the dead, but he was not good. Sorry. Arn Anderson had a quote where he said it was like wrestling a cement mixer. And, and he was asked by Conrad Thompson. He said, uh, uh, if you had, I can't remember what the other option was. He was, oh, he said, if you could wrestle RoboCop, you know, the one from uh, Capital Combat, or the Renegade, uh, which would you choose? And Arn said, probably RoboCop, because I think I could get a good match out of him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's, uh, it's sad. Paul Orndorff took a bump in the sand for the Renegade. So. <sighs> Either way. The ultimate surprise, that is the Renegade. Right. Who was not supposed to be a ripoff of the Ultimate Warrior. Nope. Definitely. Oh, you're making that up if you think that. You're just... Yeah, you're dumb. Why would you ever think that? But whereas most people had to stand around on the beach and had a lousy view of the ring, rest easy knowing that there was a set of bleachers reserved for the employees of Slim Jim. Oh, well, thank God they can see. I, I heard Bischoff say that was one of the main things of getting Randy Savage was that that huge Slim Jim contract that came with him. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he talked about, he said uh, Slim Jim paid for, I think, at least two-thirds of his contract. He was like, I would be an idiot not to sign him. He's like, yeah. I got him on a, he's like, I got him on, like, you know, uh, pennies on the, do- on the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, why would you not sign Randy Savage when over two-thirds of his contract was bought and paid for and you get and, a sponsorship. And the name value of that man alone. Right. Yeah. Like, good God, man. Uh, it certainly was the Bischoff. But, yeah, right. But either way, backstage at Bash of the Beach were him again, Tank Abbott. Because he was having talks about the K1. I think K1- he's from Huntington Beach, too. Yeah, I believe so. But he was having talks about the K1 thing with uh, Eric Bischoff. And that Bischoff is still pushing for and Jim Helwig was there, who Hulk Hogan is pushing for, but they can't get him due to the WWF owning all of his trademarks at the moment. Well, that's going to be a bone of contention here real soon. <laughs> He's actually going to go back to WWE here very soon. Yep. Within and a year. Then, yeah, and then uh, that's going to be another one where, for at least the second time, Vince McMahon is going to be like, oh, thank God I can fire this fool. Apparently he wanted WWE to buy, like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh of or actually i think it was thousands of dollars worth thousands, of comic yeah, books pretty, pretty sure said thousands yeah yeah and they were like no nobody's buying it like why would why oh would you know how you know you know how i got it no lie they packaged it with wb magazine back in the day oh yeah y'all never forget going to the store it was in a 
plastic, you know, when they put a magazine, a plastic thing, the plastic yeah. bag, like it was in one of those for the first time ever. And the Warriors comic was in the back of it. Yeah, they literally gave it away with the sale of another magazine. <laughs> this was during his I mean, destrucity. If like, you know, hey, here's the horse for free. The rest are you got to pay for. But the re- there was never a rest. No more came out. <laughs> right. Well, this was uh, during his destrucity run, which for people that don't know what it means, Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard backed it up. Talking about it was I think it was Jim Ross, Bruce Pritchard, uh, Jim Cornette and Linda. Linda McMahon, and I don't know if Vince was there, but they all met with uh, with Warrior to have like a lunch with him or whatever, talk about his return. And they said the whole the whole lunch, he sat there talking about this made up word he came up with called destrucity, where he combined like three different words to mean some bullcrap. <laughs> and when they and uh, they dragged, <laughs> they said they dragged Jim Cornette along basically as a rib because they're like, well, you're gonna you're about to experience the Warrior, you know, good for you. And by the time they left, he was like, what the f*** was he talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's nuttier than squirrel shit. Like, yep. And Bruce was like, "Ah, you know what? I was used to it. (laughs) Jim Jim Ross, his reaction to it, he was like, I've never heard someone use so much foul language in front of a woman in my entire life. He was like, it was starting to piss me off. You used foul language in front of a lady. No, daddy, no! Like, yep. That's a uh, yeah. Look again. I know he's passed away, but like that's that's some class for you there, man. <laughs> Either way, this hey, we haven't got a mention of this guy in a while, but Terry Taylor is denying that. <laughs> WC- there it is. He's denying that WCW is interested in signing Tank Abbott, noting that quote WCW has four or five guys who could stretch him. End quote. Uncle Dave is very interested in who those guys might be. William Regal. Yeah, Regal in '95, maybe. Oh, exactly. Yeah, Lord Stephen Regal, maybe. I want to disrespect uh, that name. I can't name another another Fit dude. Finley there? Like a, that's what I was thinking. Maybe if if Finley's there, possibly. How many shoot fighters did they have at this time? Like, oh, oh, uh, uh, Dave Taylor, I believe, was there. Yeah. Okay. If Dave, if Dave Taylor. So you're talking all the all the uh, guys. I was gonna say. I was going to say, I'm starting to see a theme here. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's about it. Like, whatever. And again, we t- we talk crap, but, you know, one is a, a professional wrestler who doesn't shoot fight. The other one actually fights. So there is a difference. But I like how Terry Taylor is denying this. It's like, eh, you know, give it uh, four years, I want to say. He'll be there. Oh, God. Yeah, forgetfully. <laughs> Uh, here you go. David Hasselhoff was supposed to appear at Bash at the Beach, but suddenly pulled out due to his busy schedule. Well, no wonder the show tanked. <laughs> they were building this up on an episode of Baywatch. I remember that because I remember like seeing WCW on this. I watched it, and well, I know, feel like they recorded an episode either during this or building up to this because on there there's like a match going on. And then one of them tells Hulk, hey, they're putting up a cage. And Hulk throws a fit. And like, what is the cage coming up for? <laughs> wow. So I, I don't know why I remember that. Because they advertised the hell of it. They said he was going to be on there. So I watched it. Well, I'm willing to bet that, you know, one, I mean, I one was, per. I was, what, 11? I couldn't appreciate Baywatch yet. So. Yeah, right. Well, hey, uh, I'm willing to bet one person in the locker room was really broken up about this news. It was Alex Wright. I mean, yeah, right. right. 
But anyway, the new TNT show for WCW is going to be called, quote, something like Wrestling Nitro, according to Uncle Dave. And it will be taped and it will be taped in Miami on September 4th. (laughs) Incorrect. Yeah, about that. When Bischoff puts that down, he goes, the the most stupid part about that is the entire premise of it. It was going to be live. Right. Well, never, mind that he missed the, uh, never mind that he missed the venue. He missed the whole concept of the show. Did they debut? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He said Miami. Like, who the hell? Yeah. Miami. Uh, did Did they record in September? Or I feel like it started in September. Yeah. Okay. So at least he, hey. I believe the first show was going into um, Fall Brawl, I believe. Because mm. Vader just yes. left that fight with Orndorff, I believe. And then Luger replaces him. Yeah. I think that's what it was. That is correct. <laughs> I, I do remember that. It, it started right up. Yeah, right before Fall Brawl. But, I mean, Wrestling Nitro, that may... Well, that I, I think, I don't... Uh, I, okay, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they already had a block on TNT called Nitro. It was a movie. It's called TNT Nitro. Yeah, that's why, that's why they so. stuck with the name Nitro. So, I mean, eh, it's not a bad guess. It's close, I guess. I can't really fault them too much for that. But well, if you take away be... the initial, or you say the, if you say the initials, it's in there. World Championship Wrestling Monday Nitro, so it's yeah. in there. So close enough. What's that? What's that? Bishop says about him. There's always a kernel of truth in everything he says. You know what, man? Yeah, good on you, man. Having Uncle Dave's back like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, screw you. <laughs> should have peed on him. But yes, I Ed, Les- Ed Leslie and Greg Valentine are going to try to get the rights to Brutus Beefcake and The Hammer back from WWF <laughs> since the WWF isn't currently using any wrestlers with those gimmicks and thus anyone or, uh, and thus anyone should be allowed to use them. I believe he does get The Hammer. I believe. I could be wrong on that, but we know he doesn't get Brutus Beefcake. Oh, hell no. Why? why? What's his, like, full, why what's is his it? full government name again? What's, the, what's on his birth certificate? I forget. Brutus the f***ing barber beefcake. There it is. <laughs> it's on the driver's license, everybody. It's like it's like if you look at Seth. Probably be on his tombstone, uh, I believe. Oh, of course. Well, if you look, which at is hopefully all, like in like a hundred years, you know, many times soon. But right. Uh, well, and on, and on his tombstone, it will also still have uh, Hulk Hogan's coattails right there, so he can ride them on <laughs> in, in the, into death. <laughs> but, uh, Holy crap! <laughs> Oh, man, you're not uh, but, wrong. No. But, well, like, uh, if you look at Seth Rollins' uh, driver's license, the middle name is F for freaking. Franklin. <laughs> right. In case, you for, uh, if, in case you thought that things couldn't get any worse for WCW, Hulk Hogan wants to bring in El breath, Gigante. Folks. Yeah. There's like, uh, I don't know if it, it Pritchard confirmed it or not, but I guess he really wanted to wrestle him in 1993. It's, oh, I think it was uh, SummerSlam. That was his plan right before he left. Was he, he didn't want to face Bret Hart. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how any of that works. So he but. saw him wrestle and said, I want that brother. Yeah, he was at WrestleMania 9, which is the only event they were on together, I believe. Uh, yeah. Whatever, Hulk. I mean, you do you, man. But part of me is like, well, you know, he's drawing a lot of money. He knows what the hell he's doing. But then I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, well... You sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> but the bidding war 
uh, to the bidding war of the 90s now, where Al Snow got a tryout match with at WCW Center Stage tapings against Barry Houston, whatever the hell that is. And he looked great. Al Snow is a bidding war. <laughs> hey, yeah, because he also had a meeting with Vince McMahon a few days later. Hey, bam. That will work out. Right. Well, Disco Inferno also got a tryout and looked great, earning a job immediately. Al Snow and Disco Inferno in the same week? How did WCW not win the wrestling war right there? How did they not go bankrupt from those huge contracts? That's my question. Yeah, right. Dude, they had two future Hall of Famers and main eventers right there, and they didn't pull the trigger. What is wrong with them, man? Hey, I've heard a million people praise Al Snow for his training ability, so... Oh, yeah. I Look, I'm not dunking <laughs> on either one of these guys. I thought they were great. Uh, I, I still love kid, Disco. I hate some of his takes, but... Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, agreed. I, I think... I, I feel like I mentioned every WCW show, but everyone says that he sucked or people hated him, whatever. Go back and watch Andy Nitro or pay review when he answered, man. That crowd was going nuts and dancing for him. Yep. I thought he was fun. I never thought any of his matches were, well, I can't say any. Most of his matches were not garbage. He had the occasional one. Like, as long as he was against the right person. Right, yeah, I was going to say, pardon the pun, but as long as he had a good dance partner. Uh, Some good was, ones with uh, yeah, Booker T, well. Rey Mysterio. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, look who you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, I, Al Snow, I thought he was great. I actually saw him wrestle live at an indie show. and um, As he, what? As himself. That's boring. Yeah, uh, he well he had he had head with him. Uh, it was at a sold out. Yeah, I people are gonna laugh, but it, it was a, it was actually a charity show, uh, and he was in the main event against his son in law, and uh, who is who's an independent wrestler around here, and they tore the house down. It was a sold out Moose Lodge, and people went nuts for him. Man, it was fun. He saw he signed autographs after the show. Good guy. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Manabu Nakanishi finally debuted at the tapings. Now dubbed, cool name. <laughs> now dubbed Kurosawa. In this week's edition of Uncle Dave states the obvious, he believes he they took this name from the famous director. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah. Oh well, then. Thank yeah. Thank God he's here to tell us. Well, I think what they got this name from. Shut the fuck up, Dave. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've only got one W or actually no, I got a, a couple of WWF stories here. I forgot about that. My bad, but nothing too major. Uh, there are more. There was more bloodletting on top of the WWF as the head of TV production, Kerwin Silfies, was fired in addition to other key executives last week. I think he'll this, be back. Right. Uh, this has wrestlers on the bottom rather panicked. Kerwin must have returned at one point because he ended up being the inspiration for Kerwin White years later. And man, if that's your stamp on the wrestling business, you hold, <laughs> hold your head high. Kerwin <sighs> effing white, man. And let's remember, that only went away because his uncle passed away. Right. Now, the reason I point that out is because that could have went even further and been even worse. Yep. Let's take the Mexican guy. Uh, call him Kerwin White. Bleach his hair out. Dress him like, you know, a, a, a dude at the, at the golf club. He's going to ride a golf cart to the ring. And his catchphrase is, and I'm not joking, if it isn't white, it isn't right. He made him a friendly white supremacist without realizing it. Right, yeah. And then they said... Can't make this up. And then somebody was like, well, maybe that's a little too far. So we're going to change it up a little bit. Maybe. 
Yeah, they're going to say, if it isn't Kerwin White, it isn't right. Right. (laughs) Oh, man, my dad had a field day laughing at that. Yeah, well, you know what I have to say about that? Uh, Not good. Believe me, not good. Dad! Yeah. Freaking sucked, man. I can't... I can't believe that. Like, my dad was just like, what the... What is going on? What'd they do to Chavo? I'm like, hell if I know, man. But here we go. uh, Decided to neuter him. (laughs) Right. Look, I know you're not over. Let's make you even more not over. Speaking of not over... A Jeff Jarrett music video is getting filmed in Denver on August 11th, which will introduce the world to a new dance move called the Double J Strut. I don't think that does that, though. No, because he walks the hell out before this. <laughs> the video definitely airs. He, do they do a video? Uh, with my baby tonight, I thought that's what it was. I thought he was going to. I thought what I heard was using me doing that dance within that video. That's what I thought you said. But no, maybe yeah, I'm completely lost. I don't know. Maybe they were going to do a second song. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I think doesn't he walk out after the show? Him and Rody. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rody, Rody will be right back. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett's heading over to the other channel. Yeah, Rody's like, look, uh, um, I effed up. All right, but, you know, the. Don't blame me for this. Please accept me back. Please. I need a job. Good grief. Did he make the right decision there or what? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, Jared had a halfway decent run, you know, on on the other channel, but I still think he was a bigger deal here in WWF, and they probably would have went further with him. I I feel like it was for big things. Like, four non-wrestling fans would know who Road Dog is before Jeff Jarrett. I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could could see that. Well... (sighs) I got to say, though, the one that gets me is Vince Russo on record hates the South, hates Southern people. And he just talks junk on them all the time. But yet somehow he's a big Jeff Jarrett fan. He's about as Southern as collard greens. So yeah. I don't get it, man. What's wrong with Southern people? What did they do to him? Hell, if I know, man. He thinks that New York is the only place to... Uh, that's the only way to go, man. Ironically, a lot of people hate New Yorkers, so there's that. I heard this comedian talking about it. He's like, yeah, I ever only lived in, like... I, th- I, think, he wanted, I think he said uh, California or Portland, one of them places. And he's like, I only ever lived there. And, you know, around the... Basically an echo chamber of opinions and, and the same kind of people, whatever. He's like, it wasn't until I moved to the... And he's like, and I, you know, I was like, well, this is the way to live, you know? It's like, then I went to the, like, more southern states and i was like wait a minute you people have full houses and land of your own hey you know maybe this isn't that bad he's like meanwhile everybody i know back home has lives like seven people to an apartment (laughs) yeah screw that yeah right uh someone recently bumped into lawrence taylor and when asked about wrestling again lt claimed that he would never do so again and it was quote the biggest mistake of his career you sure about that you sure about that? <laughs> Not the crack or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. No, wrestling. That was the worst move of his whole career, Greg. Get it right. See if Bad Bunny and Logan Paul agree. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my question, like, really? Like, you know what I always thought was funny? And I didn't know this as a kid because I didn't, you know, watch the news or anything. 
But I was watching uh, The Water Boy with my dad, and I couldn't figure out why he thought it was so hilarious when he was like, when LT is in the movie and he looks at the kids, he's like, this reminds me, don't do crack. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I was like, I don't get it. Like, you know, why it's like so ironic to him. And he was like, well, uh, let me tell you a story. <laughs> I didn't at the time. I thought he was accusing the water boy of being on drugs. And that's, obviously well, he was in the context. Right. Of that, but yeah. It's like movie. obviously right. Yeah. My dad was like, well, on top of just like being funny for the movie, he's like, it's like, it's incredibly ironic. <laughs> Kind of like when you go back and you hear people, it's like, oh, well, we were going to cast O.J. Simpson as a Terminator, but nobody would believe him as a killer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, man, (laughs) that aged like milk. (laughs) Milk in Las Vegas sun. Yeah, right. Oh, speaking of aging like milk, Fatu's new gimmick is, quote, a street type person who tells kids to say no to drugs and stay in school. Yeah. You know, even as a kid, when I saw that, I didn't know what the hell it meant. Yeah. It's like, so are you just like the D.A.R.E. program in, you know, in human form? Yeah, pretty much. I do remember remember watching it and thinking it was cool because it was being filmed in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. You're like, that's where I live. The hell I do. (laughs) Yeah, well, close enough. You're like, walk down the street a little bit. You'll see the full house house. It's actually very hard to find that house. Well, didn't you say they changed the door? They did, yeah. It's like, I think just like a white door now. Ah, well, there's a big that. building. There's a big building in front of it now, too. So you have to be looking for it. You can't just see it. Well, if I remember correctly, isn't that house like attached to other houses? It is. It's, is like, it st- uh, it's like one of those, what do you call it? Um, those, like those, uh, uh, those like stoop houses. Yeah, yeah. Like those stoop houses you see all where in Brooklyn. Yeah, or like uh, every time I've never been to England, but every time they show like people living in in England, if they have a house, it's like a whole like the whole street is just all the houses connected. Yeah, right. I'm like f that man. Zero yard. Everybody's connected. You can. It's basically like living in a giant apartment. Like no, thank you. I don't want to hear the dude next door taking a shower. <sighs> but anyway. The WWF is doing a TV angle where wrestlers are having personal possessions stolen from their locker room, which apparently will wind up as part of the Jean-Pierre pirate gimmick. Yeah, I think it does. I I think they only go with Bret Hart's jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, I only remember Bret Hart's jacket. I don't remember anybody else. They did a few things where people kept trying to take Razor's gold, like his chains, whatever, but I don't know if he was one of them. I don't think he was. Yeah. But Chris Something Benoit, happens to his goal, something's going to happen to you. <laughs> I don't know why I, I always a, thought that was cool. <laughs> dude, my dad marked out for that. Like, he would yeah, mine did too. He would always... Something's going to happen. <laughs> I, he, he always liked the ones where he would like pull him back and say it, and then he would like smack him in the face a little bit. Like, you know, like the mafia style, like patting him yep. real hard on the cheek. <laughs> you go back and watch some of those. Uh, one of them is Mike Kyoto. One of them is Tony Schimmel. Which I always thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny seeing Tony Chimmel back then. It's like, oh, man. Was he went after yet? Right. Yeah, it's like he's just like there to he's, he's a ring boy or whatever the hell. One Monday was Bruce Pritchard. Oh, wow. If you go back and but, watch old Raws, Pritchard's literally sitting in a chair next to Vincent Mann like all night, like like his personal security guard. And that is not brother love. All right. Definitely not. Oh, but now brother we love. know he had a gun on him probably at the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, most likely, uh, just in case. Oh, hey, if anybody steps to Vince, man, he's packing. Why would so, the preacher who loves you be packing heat? <laughs> well, because he loves you, but he doesn't trust you, okay? <laughs> but, well, that was... Uh, uh, that, that was from the, if anybody goes back now in the archives to uh, beware of dog. He said when everything shut down and went haywire, he literally took like a stack of notes and like ran out to Vince, who's sitting there just like sipping coffee at the announcer table, just watching the matches. And he's sitting there running down like, well, if this, then this, and then we're going to do this. But if this happens then this, and this, he's like, and Vince is just sitting there like not even looking at him. He's like, it's a hell of a match, pal. He's like, are you listening to me? <laughs> ah, damn it. Ha ha, he strapped the shit out of him. God dang it, pal. I would have been like, he should have just sat there like going in hard at it. Ah, he's, he's strapping him. He's strapping his ass. Ha ha ha, god dang it. Oh. <laughs> that would have been oh, crazy. Yeah, right. Chris Benoit debuted an awesome new move in the form of a tombstone pile driver off the top rope to win the top of the Super Juniors tournament on July 13th. Now, I don't I'll know never forget keeps- when. MJF broke that out on Sammy Guevara and he kicked out of it and Jim Ross had an aneurysm. Uh, Jim Cornette had an aneurysm for it. <laughs> yeah, I bet he freaking did. Like, good lord, you're going to kick out of a top rope tombstone? Like, get the hell out, man. Uh, or, you know, and we debuted this uh, either a week or two ago. Who are all these fucking people? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's what I say every dynamite, man, but... I think that's what you said when I made you watch uh, uh, Russell Kingdom. Yep. <laughs> I have it locked and loaded for the next one. <laughs> but the fourth Tiger Mask debuted in Currican Hall on July 15th, taking the great Sasuke, or taking on the great Sasuke in his first match. No one knows his identity, although he's apparently a protege of Sayama, who, for anybody who doesn't know, Sayama is the, the very first Tiger Mask. Sasuke, hey, bro, is it? Uh, uh, it is not, no. Uh, Sasuke won via countout in 15 minutes, 39 seconds, and afterwards announced that Tiger Mask 4 will be joining Mishinoku Pro. Tiger Mask 4 has been in this role ever since and still wears the mask to this day. So I don't know who it is. I forget his actual name, but yeah, he's been been Tiger Mask for a while. And he's the one every time they bring out, you know, for a Legends match, they bring out uh, Tiger Mask nowadays, New Japan. It's, that's him. Uh, Tiger Mask 4, right? Yes. Eddie Guerrero was Black Tiger, I, th- I think. So he wasn't actually Tiger Mask. He faced Tiger Mask, I want to say. Okay. Uh, Tiger Mask 2. Tiger Mask, it I says, think. is the evil twin of Black Tiger. Black Tiger, that was it. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, the the very first... Or no, I'm sorry, the, very, the, the, the second Tiger Mask, I want to say, was Mizawa which is why he kept doing the Tiger Suplex and Tiger Bomb throughout most of his career. But in Memphis, the Rock and Roll Express versus PG-13 feud continues to set the territory on fire. Doing a strong... <laughs> really? Doing really? a strong 1,500 I can't tell you're like messing around with me right now. That's what this said in, in earnest. Wow. Apparently wow. it drew 1,500 fans for the July 17th show. And that's that's a big number for them, so... I will say for an indie show, which that's exactly what this was at this time, it's not bad. Seventeen hundred people—that's uh—that's the av- you know—that's more than ECW drew. So there's that. I mean, uh, ECW's 
in ECW's defense, they could only squeeze like 1,200, I think, into that little hot, hot box. box. Yeah. Wow. We did not rehearse <laughs> that, folks. Right. Uh, well, hey, I always like Jerry Lawler's thing where he said, the ECW arena is made out of toilet paper because it's full of shit. <laughs> uh, one of my Dude, he just did not hold back, man. He hated that place. What is it with people from like the Tennessee territory just hating that? Well, except for Tommy Rich. Somebody say something about fired up. <laughs> got it in again. I feel like you got to get that in once the show. Well, yeah, have to. Uh, Steve Dunn debuted in Memphis in the Memphis territory on July 10th, uh, taking the place of Brian Christopher due to a legit broken shoulder from a bad bump. Dunn announced that he was moving to Tennessee because he was tired of all the travel in the WWF. He was actually fired, so it was the WWF who was tired of him. Uncle Dave notes that uh, it looks like he put on a good 30 pounds, all of it in the belly. Steve Dunn, wasn't it? Well done. Was that the team? Yeah. I forget Timothy the Wells, other guy. That's it. There I'm literally like, I'm literally on their debut right now when I, where I'm binge watching. <laughs> oh, man. Lucky you, man. Now that <laughs> is, that's where the tide turned. Dude, they had a match with the uh, uh, heavenly bodies that you had to see to believe, man. It was amazing. I'm kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> well done versus Gigolo Jimmy and Dr. Tom. Who? Uh, I will say, uh, well done looked like something. I can't remember who it was. I, they did, yeah. I th- they were really well built. I want to say so one that- of them kind of looked like Matt Hardy, if, if I remember correctly. I, I, I think that's who it was. One of them had like dark hair. And I'd have to go back and look because the first time I saw them, I thought they were somebody else. It might have been the Steiners, like a shrunken Steiner brothers or something. They definitely had like the uh, the singlets that, that they would wear, like ish. The colors. Yeah. 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 I thought I think that's who it was because I saw one of them and I was like, is that Scott? And I'm like, oh, wait, no. <sighs> God. Yeah, because, you know, if there's one thing Tennessee, you know, was going to what was going to set Tennessee on fire, man, is Steve Dunn. And you said he gained a lot of weight. Is that what you said? Yeah. He, apparently he put on some belly fat. So, so no, the, fat the reason I'm saying that is because they were uh, pretty well built. Right. WWF had some weird tag teams around this time. Yeah. And they always only had one team that they really did anything with, like at any given time. Right. Yeah, but they had these guys. They had uh, the Beverly Brothers. And, Who, as of this recording, recently got mentioned on WWE TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got it. Because I'm sure yeah. people remember them fondly. <sighs> but, look how my is like, my dad was a Beverly brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Braun Breaker's like, my dad was a Steiner brother. Oh, well, mine was a Beverly brother. That's not how it went. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, which one of these is more braggable? <laughs> Dude, that's worse than when that's worse than Randy Orton being like, "Oh, well, my dad was, you know, Cowboy Bob." Good for you, man. Piper's valet. It's like, oh, you mean the guy that always had his arm broken and carried Piper's bags? Like, I, I mean, that is pretty cool. You managed to carry all them bags with a broken arm for that many years, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, okay, so this one is an explanation to why this show is called this, and it still sucks, but it, it makes more sense now. In ECW, 
Uncle Dave notes that the guys who worked Lollapalooza last week it did huge numbers, so now ECW is presenting Wrestlepalooza. You know, Paul Heyman is, like, brilliant, right? Yeah. He couldn't come up with anything better than that. Well, he's trying to, well, right no, there, I he's know trying to make doing. it. Right. But that's just stupid. Yeah, it sounds dumb. And, like, November to Remember, Cyberslam, they're all stupid. I kind of like November to remember. I, I, I'll, I ain't gonna lie on that one. The, oh, the cyber, the cyber slam. God, I, that one I don't understand. Like, what did it was? It wasn't eye pay per view. They didn't There's have no voting like uh, voting or not like that. So yeah, it's not like uh, Cyber Sunday for WWE. I mean, that one like it sucked, but made sense. It made sense in the dumbest possible way, but it made sense. <sighs> Either way. Last story I got here, saving the, the top guy for last year. Jacques Rougeau did his first show oh, good on, brief. on July 15th in Verdun, Quebec, before a reported 3,500 fans. The main event was Abdullah the Butcher over Richard Charland, whoever the hell that is. And Rougeau is C H A R L A N D. Uh, and Rougeau is teasing an affiliation with WCW to be announced soon. I don't know if he ever pops up in WCW or does anything with them. Oh, wait, yeah, he does. Uh, the amazing French Canadians, right? The picture of this guy looks like Axe from uh, Demolition. <laughs> on Wikipedia, anyways, but it's definitely not Axe, but he's got his face right. paint and everything. Wow. Minus nice. the silver parts, but... Nice. He became a wrestler but... under Mad Dog Vachon. Well, didn't uh, didn't he pop up here like within the next year, right? In WCW, him and uh, I don't Pierre. know about the next year, but definitely they're going to be there in like ninety seven, ninety eight, I believe. Yeah, I was pretty sure that Pierre got fired or quit or whatever the f in ninety six, because I know there was Pierre, that huge. We are in two thousand twenty three. This guy is still wrestling. PCO, yeah, yeah, yep, and. uh Jacques Rougeau was on a episode of Dark Side of the Ring last season. Uh, which one was that? Was that the Dino Bravo one? It was the Dino Bravo one, yeah. Um, that's like one of Hulk Hogan's all-time favorite people. Like he had Jacques like a hard, Rougeau? yeah, he had like a hard campaign this year to get the fabulous Rougeaus into the Hall of Fame. Wow! Did he lose to him in Montreal? Uh, yeah. Like you would think Jacques has like pictures on him or something. Although we know those exist, but. <laughs> Apparently, that was uh, Kevin Owens' trainer, Jacques Rougeau, and Kevin said that Jacques was just an effing nut, and he hated being around him. Why do I have no problem believing that fun being a trainer? Yeah. Well, if you're from Canada, you have, like, uh, Jacques Rougeau or a member of the Hart family, and that's about it. But either way, that does it for the news and notes. We're going to get into In Your House after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump 
is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Bam! Bam! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WWF in your house. The dopes took place July 23rd, 1995. The tagline was the lumberjacks. Although, yeah, admittedly, yeah, admittedly, that was tacked on like after the fact. And they just put it on like the the. I really don't remember going into it. I know it was a lumberjack match, but I don't remember calling it that. But yeah, no, they didn't really emphasize that at all. Uh, but I feel like the first one I really remember them heavily going with was yeah. Great White North in October of this year. <laughs> yeah, that took place in Canada, obviously America's hat. But uh, the venue for this one was the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, huh, huh. It's just funny was, to hear uh, WWE show running in an auditorium for a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Considering they're selling out venues all over the damn world now. <laughs> all right, right. Uh, the attendance was 6,482 with a buy rate of 0.7, which amounted to 280,000 buys. So, meh, not bad. We get the most honky opening video of all time to this pay-per-view. Yeah, they just repeated the, the last one on this one, I think. Yeah, well, this, I was going to say, this is the most honky opening to a pay-per-view I've seen outside of WCW. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We then go to Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler dressed like ranch owners. Like, I don't know why, but I saw Vince and I'm like, this just fits him. Yeah, right. Well, the thing I was thinking, like, they look like guys who came from the North and want to fit in in the South, so they're like, God dang it, I'm going to go to the, the local boot shop and ask him what I should wear. Yeah, there's like an old Conan O'Brien sketch in Texas when they did that. Like, man, yeah. now that you're mentioning that. Yeah. What do they wear down here, pal? Bolo ties and leather vests? God dang it, that looks great. Give me some Justin's boots. <laughs> For people that don't know, that's a high-end cowboy boot. Anyway, yes, I'm that kind of white where I know that. But here's another thing. The king has a crown over his black cowboy hat. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. Like, that looks like some JBL stuff. Yeah, that was <laughs> Remember when he that put that great. crown on that thing in uh, Afghanistan? Do you remember that? Did that uh, thing? Like, uh, it was like a... They were like metal oh, he, pole. Like, he, uh, what was the thing called? Like, they were... Like, if they're like severely broken neck. Is oh, it called the, a halo? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the halo. Yeah, remember he put the I, cowboy hat on top of that? Yes. Pumpkin flashbacks to that. <laughs> there was that. Uh, did I can't remember. Did he do it when they were in Afghanistan? And he wore the hazmat suit. I don't remember I think so. for sure. Yeah, that might have been. One. Yeah. So, I my favorite line from that tribute to the truce. He was like, "Next time you all want to start a war, make it closer to a bar." 
<laughs> like, good God, that's awesome. <sighs> On our first match of the evening, it is one, two, three, kid versus the roadie in seven and a half minutes. This is a future DX match. That's exactly what I have in my notes. I'm like, man, these guys are going to have different names later when they feud again. Yeah, right. Or team uh, and then feud. But... Yeah, I was going to say, they were. I think they were tag champs for, together for a while. But I don't remember that. Ju- I don't think they were, but... Okay. I couldn't remember if they won them together or not, but I knew they were They were a team there for a while when... Uh, uh, I don't know if Billy was hurt or if they had split, but yeah. But Yeah, they had split uh, because Billy wins the King of the Ring that night, I believe, when they were teaming. Okay. But Kid jump starts this one by jumping Rhodey in the entryway. And then get a He's shot the face, back. right? Yeah, right. Okay, just making sure. Well, we get a shot backstage of where Jeff Jarrett isn't even watching the monitor in his locker room. <laughs> because he's on his way out, dude. Yeah, right. Give a damn. <laughs> for, for context oh. for that one, it's because the roadie was with Jeff Jarrett. It was his, like, valet roadie whatever, so. Uh, but and, uh, and the guy the kid was with, he is replaced, which you will see in the next match. Right. But this was actually a pretty good match, I thought. Rody wins with a pile driver off the second rope, which looked Did pretty nasty. Did you see when he crotched it, when uh, Rody crotched him on the, on the post? Man, he came uh, out hard, man. Man, just ate it with them nuts. But uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it three as well. What is it with one, two, three kid having like phenomenal matches that are like really short? I mean, this one wasn't like terribly short, but it's only seven and a half minutes. It's not a whole lot of time. Yeah, last month was what five minutes or three or four minutes or last sorry last year. Yeah, I think it was well, la- three, last month's show was recorded. Yeah, three three and a half minutes. It was a uh, King of the Ring ninety four was that one. But Rody walks from the ring up to the stage where he does a mic check and then uh, talks to the band. We now go backstage with the Million Dollar Corporation. Todd Pettengill interviews them. Todd's mullet is gone, so I don't care. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed now. Yep. The slick back carriage is not the same, dude. You got it like spiked here. It was weird. Like, how dare you? You chop off the mullet and you keep the earring. Like, the hell's wrong with you, man? But they uh, all talk. Suit. God. They all talk about how psycho Sid really is. Cool. Yeah. And now some dude named Barry I mean, Didinsky. They, they mentioned one of the uh, lumberjacks in the costumes of the title. I remember watching this. So I'm thinking, who's going to turn? Yeah, I forget right. who I even I forget who I even picked. I might have said Shawn Michaels, but oh, that would have been good, yeah. But Barry Dedinsky, whoever the hell he is, is in the babyface locker room where everyone's wearing an event t-shirt. You know, because uh, they he just walks in with a handful of them on. It's like, here, put them on, quick. <laughs> but, you gotta sell this event that they're already watching. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel mock Dedinsky, saying that he's wearing a wig. I liked it. Like, that was the whole promo. He's, like, trying to be serious and ask him, like, actual questions. And Sean's like, hey, you need to take a feather duster to that rug. And then uh, he asked Diesel, and Diesel's like, oh, is that Persian? All right. Good God. But now we move on to this. It is Men on a Mission, King Mabel and Sermo taking on Razor, Ramon, and Savio Vega. That was about 10 minutes. Razor is incredibly over right here. I honestly think they could have slapped the world title on him and nobody would have batted an eye. So I heard the reaction and one of my notes is like, now I see why he thought he was worth more money before he leaves next year. 
Yeah, right. Looking back, now you start to understand it. Yeah, okay. And, and he didn't start being a flake until like a couple of years into his WCW run. So you can't blame that on it here. Like, if you also wonder, was it because like, uh, they control their guys here better than they did over there? Yeah, maybe. That very well may be it. I, I've also, you know, he had a great look, bro. He was a big dude. He was over. He could talk. He was. He had great matches. Like, I really don't see why Vince wasn't like slap the belt on him, pal. I don't know, but uh, I even this day looking back at him, like, how does he not at least get like a not even like a two weeker or a four weeker or something? He never even got a sh- shot for it. That I remember anyway. He did against Yokozuna one random raw. I know that. Oh, okay. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, marquee though. Yeah. But in the end, Mabel hits a splash in the corner, followed by a belly-to-belly on Razor for the win. Yeah, Razor's got to take the pin here. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this two and three-quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I actually thought this one was at least average. Let's say you. I gave it two. It was all right. I, my first thing is like, why are you doing a big splash to try to hurt the guy who ripped off the damn uh, stuff at the beginning, the rip tape? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I I felt like watching this, I, I don't get me wrong, it was a tag match and he only had to do like so much work. Looking at this, it's like, all right, yeah, maybe throw Mabel into like one marquee match, whatever. But like about to, and it's gonna suck. Yep. Well, thus proving he's fine in tag match situations. Anything past that, no. So Mo carried the team, got it. Okay. <laughs> Which is effing weird also, to say. Also, did you catch the commentary on this, man? They were really building up Saudi Vega to be a megastar. He wrestled four times last month. They made sure to say <laughs> that like 20 times, dude. Yeah, like, cool, I guess. You mean at the worst King of the Ring ever? Got it. I, I don't know. What do you say it's the worst? Oh, I easily. mean, it's got some... I was going to say, it's got some competition. We just covered 94. 94 doesn't was... have a bad winner, but 94 also sucked. This one would suck and had a bad winner, so this one takes the cake. <laughs> How dare you, you a-hole. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't even know you anymore. Anyway. Uh, it was so random. But, like, really, Mabel? Really? Well, yeah. You gotta build him up for SummerSlam, pal. God dang it. You see money in that big bastard. Oh, like, the big bastard's gonna crush your money. Almost in his career. Yeah, right. Well, we go to Todd Pettengill now freaking out on the music stage with the backup dancers in the band. He sends it to the locker room with Doc Hendricks standing by with the smoking guns, Adam Bomb, Man Mountain Rock, and Hell Pam Bam Bigelow. Yes. I mean, I'm going to say that because of him, that living or, uh, locker room smelled ripe. <laughs> Look, I, don't, I, I don't know, if, you know, obviously from experience, I'm just saying. Allegedly! Oh, that's, that's just what I heard. It's like, you know, sometimes I, in life, you can just see a smell. <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay, I've seen, dude, I've seen people where I'm like, you just look like you don't smell pleasant. All right. Yeah. I just, oh, can you save that? Because you're going to be using that in Detroit a lot, probably. But. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been to <laughs> WrestleCon. I can smell you from across the room and your smell hasn't hit my nose yet. And damn it, we are downwind. <laughs> yes. When Doc asks them if uh, Ted DiBiase paid any of them off, they all deny it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to come right out and tell you, Doc. Just ruin the whole thing. Yeah, DiBiase gave me money, so Diesel better watch out. But I'm going to be on his side. Yeah, right. 
yeah, well, let's spill the beans right here because I'm an idiot. But up next, Rhodey introduces Jeff Jarrett onto the music stage. Yeah. Jeff talks trash to the crowd and everyone in the back before, quote, singing Alone With My Baby Tonight, which, uh, by the way, he botched the name of. Uh, I, I didn't catch what... that, did he? Yeah, he, I can't remember what the hell he called it. Uh, I think he called it, oh, I remember, he called it Back With My Baby Tonight. Okay, like, oh, he's, like he's up... follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ah, man. But after this, we get a commercial for SummerSlam that will be in Pittsburgh. That sets you up. Hey, f*** the Steelers, man. There you go. Uh, You don't have to apologize on my account. (laughs) I more or less was the F-bomb. Well, well. But Todd Pittengill is now in the crowd interviewing fans about their opponents, uh, or excuse me, their opinions on Jeff Jarrett. None of them like him. By the yeah, way, I was shocked. Yeah, right. By the way, I just got to say, like, you know, SummerSlam in Pittsburgh, you know, because when I think of summertime fun, I think of Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, hold on. To be fair, do you think of Detroit? I mean, at least that's a big marquee city and you're not far from a lake. So it's more realistic, I guess. I don't know exactly what there is to do in Detroit. I, I don't know. Uh, get shot. Oh, um, God. Get your rims stolen. Yeah. Go to a Tigers game. Yeah. Watch the Lions suck on Thanksgiving. There's a lot to do there. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, and fish, apparently. It's a lot of fishing and golf in uh, in in uh, Michigan, apparently. I literally a lot of fishing up... in a place that only has man-made waters. Yeah, got it. <laughs> My thing, I was uh, I was actually looking up one time because I keep seeing the, you know, the visit visit Michigan or whatever the hell uh, commercials that Tim Allen does the voice for. And I was like, well, you know, I've never been to Michigan. I wonder if what there is to do up there. Nothing. There is nothing unless you like, like I said, if you're big into golfing and fishing, then man, it, that's the state for you. <laughs> but calling all white people. Exactly. <laughs> and Detroit. I mean, that it tells you something about Detroit when the tagline for Cleveland is at least we're not Detroit. I just thought that There's was a, a take on the Ohio and Michigan rivalry. Uh, it was just a take on Detroit as a city, but yeah. Yeah, considering it's Columbus and Ann Arbor, I guess that makes sense. Or wouldn't make sense. <laughs> right. But up next, it is Henry O. Godwin. By the which, of course, by the way. Which of course his his initials spell hog. <laughs> Uh, but he's taking on Bam Bam Bigelow in five and a half minutes. Oh, man, this could have been, you know, like a 15-minute classic. I want to point out, by the way, that him selling out to Ted DiBiase never goes anywhere. Uh, at all. Right. By the way, did you catch, like, the pyro dude was slow on the draw for Bigelow? Yeah, I did, but they, they were notorious for doing that a lot during this era. He does his little like skip jump thing in the ring, and then he puts his his fists up, and he's standing there for a long time. And then he's like, "Well, I guess it's not coming." So he like starts to walk away, and then the pyro blows. He's like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> he like runs back. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, getting the actual match, I guess. After Henry misses a they flying knee, dro- <laughs> Henry misses a flying knee drop. Bigelow rolls him up for the pin. Uncle Dave gave this three quarters of a star. I give it two. It was below average. What say you? I gave it two. They were going hard on this one. Yeah. 
Didn't do wasn't boring anything, enough to be a, but wasn't boring enough to be a one though. No, not quite that bad. I figured two was uh, good enough. But Godwin goes nuts after losing, and he grabs his slot bucket. Bigelow keeps an eye on him, however, and then takes off. Also, I have a Jax figure of Bigelow too. I don't. I, I never just did got get the Mattel. Mattel one. That one looked awesome. I never did buy it, but uh, I think I saw it in stores once or twice. But uh, either way, in the crowd, Bob Backlund yeah. lecturing kids. Bob Backlund in '95. And one of these yeah, kids buddy. is wearing a Nirvana shirt, and it's got Kurt Cobain on it. Like, huh? R.I.P. Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to think at this time he's only been dead for like a year, if that. So, man, that tells you what era we're in when people when those kids probably legitimately listened to Nirvana. It's not like an ironic like I'm cool and edgy, and I got the shirt from Hot Topic. I thought there was a thing yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Nowadays, that's what you see. It's like oh, nowadays, that's the only place to get it, right? Like, oh, you like the doors, huh? What? Oh, the shirt. Uh, I don't know who they are. <sighs> yeah, that's a freaking thing. But anyway, Todd Pettengill is now standing with Shawn Michaels backstage. HBK says that his birthday was yesterday, and he wants the Intercontinental Title for a present. He says that Goldilocks's fairy tale is over tonight, and he's going to bring him back to reality. There we go. Uh, I will say Jeff Jarrett was one pretty man back in the day. He had that perfectly quaffed blonde hair, that Starcane main event in tan. He did, you know, he 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 was in great shape. I mean, come on, no wonder they slapped him in that Chippendale dancers outfit. <laughs> Which, by the way, I can't blame WWE for that one because he kept it in WCW. Yeah, he must have loved it. Who was like, you know what? I should wear this Dick Dancer outfit. Like, uh. No? Jeff himself. Yeah, right. Hey, maybe I should uh, maybe I should make myself look like uh, somebody from Magic Mike. I know the movie hadn't come out yet, but you get it. Ironically, the guy in the main event was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't even think about that, but uh, you're right with that one. Or That is correct. And Chris Farley uh, was a Chippendale dancer on SNL, so it all fits. Yeah, it's, it all ties back in. <laughs> But this one is Jeff Jarrett with the roadie defending the WWF Intercontinental title against Shawn Michaels in 20 minutes. This is probably one of the most forgotten classic matches in the history of pro wrestling right here. Yeah, because it was on a random in your house and people are like, ah, yeah. In the middle of it and for an undercard title, too. So, yeah, it's going to play under the radar big time. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, the first of three title matches in a row. But I'll never see that now. They, They just spread them out all over the place. Yeah, right. Brody is Jeff Jarrett's hype man for this one, giving him a huge introduction. And, you know, he would stop doing that after this match, by the way. He would never, you know, be never. the hype man ever again. No. I mean, no. Why? Because he sucked at it. Yeah, that would never get over. He would never make a million dollars doing it. But here's another shocker, by the way. Shawn Michaels is incredibly over. He blew the roof off this joint. He's more. The- I actually put this. At, uh, it's the note for the main event. But I said, man, the champs I'm over is... is uh, it's his sidekick at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Ah, man. Yep. I wonder if they regretted not switching the title at WrestleMania 11. Well, I, I don't know. He was a heel then, so it wouldn't be the same. I just remember Bruce Pritchard talking about, like, he was a heel until right after that show. The night after. Because, yeah. Well, and, and the whole deal was Vince kept telling him, they were like, 
Vince, he's getting like baby face reactions. We should we should switch him. That yeah. little and he's like that little bastard will never be a baby face. He's a heel, damn it. And then after like the night of WrestleMania, they they finish up the show, get into the limo, and he's like, "Why didn't you people tell me he's a baby face?" <laughs> Pritchard said he thought he was he thought Vince was ribbing him at first. He's like him and Pat him and Pat Patterson sat there like you're like what? He's like he's a baby face, damn it. We have a baby face on our hands. And he's like, "Yeah, we've been saying that for like months." And he's like, "Well, you got to rewrite everything. He's a baby face. I want him I want him turning uh tomorrow night on Raw." And he's like, "Son of a bitch." Oh. Uh, like go back and watch Raw World 95. Yeah, that crowd blew when he won. Yeah, right. But also, he doesn't yeah, really turn. He gets turned on, thus making him a face, to be fair. Right. Well, they, I mean, he was a little dude, so they had to, you know, make him the sympathetic baby face type. Yeah, he said they had to literally, like, rip up, like, five or six weeks of TV and start from scratch with him. I'm sure that was fun. Uh, the night of WrestleMania, by the way, when you got a taping tomorrow night. So is this but, match with the mini member about the see, or is this happening because of that? Is it going to be Michaels and Diesel? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I really don't know how that was going to go. But uh, either way, during this match, obviously, Rhodey got involved a few times behind the referee's back. Michaels kicks Jeff Jarrett off of a figure four and into the ref, bumping him. This allows Rhodey to get involved again. Later on, Rhodey accidentally trips Jeff Jarrett, leading to a sweet chin music from Michaels, giving HBK the title win. Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? Wow, really? I gave it five. I thought this was perfect. I don't know. I mean, I liked it. Uh, it's just not, I don't know. It's not one of my favorites. It's, it's good. Probably one of my favorite in your house matches of all time, if not my favorite, but maybe Jeff Cherry's greatest match of all time right here. Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there for sure. But you know, what I also I noticed know. too, I, that, that intercontinental title, this whole era, all the members of the click, except for X-Pac or one, two, three kid held it. Oh yeah. I said, yeah, because Michaels wins it here. Jared beat Razor Ramon who beat diesel for it. So wow. who beat Razor Ramon for it? <laughs> And this was the Intercontinental title that ended up getting brought back by, was it Cody Rhodes? Yeah, the Mark. Right. <laughs> Got to bring back the old belt. He was uh, he was saying if he won the WWE title, he was going to bring back the Winged Eagle. <laughs> like, of course you are. But I'd bring back the no Winged Eagle, honestly. But exactly. Still makes well, no sense. The Winged to me. Eagle and then the Big Eagle. The Big Eagle was the, the round one without the wings. Who also off the had wings. Exactly. But, well, he doesn't have to bring back a retro title anymore because the new World Heavyweight title looks like the big gold belt. Pow. <laughs> Which I'm sure, you know, little Cody probably sat in his room fantasizing about holding one day. But either way, after this one, Pyro blows for Shawn Michaels as he celebrates his title win. In the babyface locker room, Shawn goes back and celebrates with all, all his friends. And Barry Dedinsky hocks the Shawn Michaels t-shirt and sunglasses combination that you can call into order. Oh, I think man. when I was a kid, I wanted those glasses. Now I'm looking back and I like, thank God I didn't get them. Yeah, right. Like, uh, do you need a reason to get shoved into lockers? <laughs> <laughs> and man, that's just a billboard saying, kick me. And you may not believe him see me, but I was not a big child. Get a growth spurt later in life? I did. See, I was the opposite. I, I, uh, I did all my growing until I hit 12, and then I just kind of quit. Oh, I'm so done. Therefore, yeah, there for a while, I was like one of the, not the bigger kids in class, but I was, you know, on par with everybody else. And then by the time I hit high school, it was like, nah, you're done. 
<laughs> sucked. But anyway, Jock Hendricks is losing his mind outside of a locker room, saying that Jarrett and Rhodey got into a fight and locked themselves up in the locker room. I think what actually happened is they walked yeah. backstage, grabbed their bags, and took the F off. Uh, yeah. Doc's going it's nuts, by the way, man. He sounds like a little kid, like crying. I know. He's like, he's, he's screaming his head off. I'm like, dude, it's not that serious. Like, chill out, man. You act like somebody just shot the Pope. Like, calm down, man. But up next, it is another title match here. We've got Owen Hart and Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji defending the WWF World Tag Team titles against the Allied Powers of British Bulldog and Lex Luger. One goes about 11 minutes. So Bulldog and Luger have little kids waving flags in front of them as they come to the ring. Tons of pyro blows for their entrance, by the way. Was that kid with, with the Union Jack uh, British? I don't know. I just thought that'd be funny if he wasn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. Here, kid, wave this. Okay. <laughs> but in the end, Yokozuna ends up hitting a leg drop on Lex Luger to win. and He retains the titles. Lex Luger just couldn't cut a break, could he? Hell no. Uncle Dave and I both gave this deuce and a half. Let's say you. I gave it one. I did not like this. Really? I was bored. I was bored. Yeah. I, I'll i say this. I liked when Owen was in the now, ring. Yoko it's also not fair coming off that last match, which I thought was a classic. So, but Yeah. This one, though, it's like, ugh, really? Like, and, the, and the thing is, they build up. I know you can't, you know, give the baby faces with the, yeah, you know, with all the momentum. You can't always give them the title. See WrestleMania this past year. But. Good Lord, they come out, they got the pyro, they got the awesome theme, the ring jackets, the kids waving flags, and it's gone. <laughs> Sounds like Luger at SummerSlam 93. Yeah, right? And WrestleMania 10. Dude, and it's always Yokozuna. Whatever, man. This just sucked. And, by the way, in a couple of months, we'd be seeing Luger in the other company. So, yeah. This didn't go very far. We now see lie or we see. Ironically, uh, Bulldog would be there soon, too. Not soon, soon. Yeah, right. Uh, 97, was it? Yeah, right after the screw job, I believe he went over there. Yeah, because I think he just came back not too long before this. This match right here? Yeah, he came Uh, back at SummerSlam in the cage match. Okay. We now see video footage of Shawn Michaels on the WWF Superstar line. Yeah, call in and hear somebody, you know, say a promo in your ear and pay us money while they do it. But after this, the Lumberjacks come out of the ring. This, or come out this was the original, uh, uh, what's that thing called? Uh, cameo. Yeah, yeah, right. I got kicked off a of cameo for doing all my videos naked. But... After this, the Lumberjack that was Paul Will Com- Ferrell. Uh, this guy, actually, the guy who does the voice of Sonic, uh, he did uh, this character Jean Ralphio in Parks and Rec. <laughs> that was something he said. But anyway, the Lumberjacks come out to the ring for the main event. I think we're going to take our second to last break here. On the other end of this, it is the main event right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah got the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T yeah, yeah, yeah. ending yeah, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't Spell it with a C We spell it with a K Sorry mate Take it easy The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks And we're back We're back we go to Todd Pittengill backstage interviewing Diesel. Uh, Diesel says that they're in the asylum tonight where there's nowhere to run or hide. He says Sid started everything, but Diesel will finish it. For some reason, we get a shot of some runaway Adams family members in the front row that they're calling Creatures of the Night. This is yeah. pretty lame and cringe, I will say. Obviously, He's not even the on the damn show. I know. Like, just to remind us, he's on the roster, I guess. Like, dude, what is it? They get the second uh, second mention in this uh, podcast here. But, dude, what's with the Hot Topic kids in the front row, man? Like, why? Those are kids. And they're appealing to kids. Damn it, pal. Get the kids on TV. Yeah, right. Let them know and we're family friendly. These weren't even kids. These were effing adults. It's like, ugh, they looked like the goth kids from South Park. <laughs> Where they're constantly smoking cigarettes and flipping their hair. God, Mom, you don't understand me. <sighs> but anyway, we're on the main event. It is Diesel defending the WWF World's Heavyweight title against Psycho Sid in a lumberjack match. This goes about 10 minutes. Thank you God it didn't go any sure longer. to say Diesel with Shawn Michaels and Sid with Ted DiBiase? Uh, so yeah, they, I didn't. Weren't they just lumberjacks? <laughs> Pretty much. I didn't notice DiBiase so much as I did Shawn. But the baby faces only throw Sid back in the ring when he bails, but the heels beat down Diesel. The baby faces come to his rescue, however. Diesel actually As dives. Any lumberjack match ever. <laughs> yep. But Diesel actually dives over the top rope onto the heels at one point. One time when he's dumped out of the ring, Mabel completely destroys Diesel. This match seems very much like a transition match just to get to Mabel. Yeah, this was. I, I thought watching this, I said this was clearly a transition to get to Mabel and Diesel next month. Yeah, like right. nobody in the right mind thought Sid was winning this. Come on. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, dude, I feel like they were already looking past Sid. Like, eh, this is just a match we need to have. To well, wrap they mentioned up. they mentioned on commentary. They're like, oh well, it could be Sid and Mabel next month at SummerSlam. Tickets still available. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, if you thought Diesel versus Mabel was bad. (laughs) Could always be worse. But anyway, God, Uh, Sid manages to hit a powerbomb on Diesel, but doesn't get the win. 
He tries again and gets back body dropped. Sid slides outside and brawls with the baby faces. But the heels start rushing in and getting taken out by Diesel. Finally, Diesel hits a big boot on Sid coming off the ropes and gets the pinfall win. Yawn. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I give it a star and a half. Let's say you. Right in the middle. I gave it one. Yeah. This like, is something. Is that, was that our punishment for getting like a five star in there? You got to have two crappy ones right after it. I guess so, man. This like, really? He beat him with a big boot. Like, he oh, couldn't his elbow hurt. was hurt. He really couldn't lift him. I don't think. I think his elbow was like legit hurt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They tried explaining it. Like they showed some video where he's like taking the power bomb from Sid and they claimed he like landed on his elbow. I don't think that's what did it, but that's where they went. No. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what he said. Like, I, I think he, he had said at one point what the hell he did do it, but doesn't matter. It's really weird. Cause I don't ever remember Kevin Nash being injury prone. Yeah. Right. I, he was always the pinnacle of health. <laughs> Dude, he's about to get really messed up in about a month, like severely. Oh yeah. Like almost having to quit uh, wrestling bad. I mean, that's what happens when a 500-pound fat guy just drops his ass right on your back. As opposed to the old 500-pound fit guy. Got it. Hey, you know, one of those, uh, you know, if you're taking enough roids, I, actually, I don't know how big you can get. Doesn't, doesn't muscle weigh more than fat? I think so, but... Yeah. So does that I mean Brian know. Cage is like 500 pounds? He might be pushing it at this <laughs> point. Hey, and, hey, look, and I'm not saying he does roids, okay? Allegedly! You know, just like I'm not saying that Tony Khan does cocaine. Allegedly! You know. <laughs> uh. But after the match, King Mabel has to be held back from getting into the ring to attack Diesel. <sighs> yeah, I... <laughs> I can make a really effed up joke, but I'm not gonna. Also, uh, but, we gotta point out that nobody ended up turning and costing the title, obviously. Right, so all that went nowhere. All the baby faces hit the ring to congratulate Diesel. Shawn Michaels even pops up the too sweet sign before Pyro blows and, from the ceiling and Diesel poses. And you know why, Greg? Because Diesel must pose, pal. <laughs> yeah, at least with Hogan, he had like three or four poses. Diesel just had a fist in the air. <laughs> yep. It counts. <laughs> must pose uh, in the pay-per-view, pal. Yeah. But anyway, that does it for that one. Wraps it up. We've actually done more in your house shows than I previously thought because I went to save this one and I've got all of our notes saved or all the notes that I've for shows that we've ever done. And we've done two, three, seven, eight, 10, 11, 12, 14, 16, 17, 19. Did you say four or three? We you said not, three, sorry. Yeah, two and th- two, three, and then yeah. seven. Four was, uh, I think the one where Shawn Michaels had to give the title, he just won here. Yeah, I think so. Where oh, you, the one where he lost his smile? Uh, no, uh, not that. I thought that was where. Oh, that's the WWE title. Oh, okay. Yeah, he surrendered so many damn titles. <sighs> anyway, yeah, he literally, yeah, he literally surrendered three titles uh, in the first couple of years of him being a major star. Because he, he gets rid of the tag titles with Diesel when he turns on in Survivor Series '94. Obviously, the WWE title. Yeah, all of them. Technically, wow. he says surrender the, the European title because he lays down for Triple H. So he's actually surrendered every title he's able to get at one point. Well, yeah, that was that was why everybody was like <laughs> pissed at him because they're like he refuses to put anybody over. Like he just they, he gives him up because he'd rather do that than actually take the pinfall. 
<sighs> anyway, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings. We're telling you what's coming up on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back final ratings y'all internet movie database gives this six out of ten cagematch.net gives it 5.53 out of ten I actually gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I had fun with it. Uh, C, C plus, what say you? I gave it a C plus as well. Yeah. Uh, there was enough on the show to keep me interested. Honestly, I, if that IC title match hadn't happened and the opening hadn't happened, I might have went F on this. Yeah, those two were really good. I actually liked the tag title match. I know you didn't. Uh, well, I should say, I thought the tag title match was okay. I didn't. I can't say I really liked it, but I also liked the, that tag match men on a mission and uh versus razor and savio i thought that was pretty good so all in all not a not a terrible way to uh spend your time watching this show i like it but anyway this, that wraps this up. was just a prime example of the click being like the click back then now and now i see it all once you know it all in hindsight you can see it yep man they were just all over this card man <laughs> but that about does it for that one Coming up this Friday, we actually have one more show, man. It is WCW Nitro from July 18th, 2000. I apologize in, in uh, advance or what? Have Did you watch this one back already? Yeah. Yeah, so is yeah, that what you're saying that? It was that yeah. bad? Yeah. Ah, man. Well, that okay, sucks. Look, look, bad could... It's, it's not just black and white. It's gray area. It's, uh, it's fun to watch. I'll say that. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, you're I mean, I guess if you have to pull a positive out, you know, the, there you go. 
like when the cats fight on my roof, I don't like seeing them fall off the roof, but I like seeing them fight. It's funny. <laughs> Good God. That's a weird one. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. But that's coming up this, uh, this Friday, which would be the uh, 21st. Let's go check that out. And then we're wrapping up July, the most red, white, and blue month you could have. Yeehaw. We're going, back, we're going back to 1998 with one more. It's WCW Bash at the Beach 1998. And I have not watched this one back either yet. I still got to watch the next couple of shows. Season. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I forget. I always have to look this one. Oh, that's the uh, the basketball players match. That's right. It's uh, Hogan and The second Rodman. one. Bash the Beach match, yeah. Yeah, it's Hogan and Rodman versus uh, DDP and Carl Malone. So, there you go. Some, some Hogan and Rodzilla against DDP and the Mailman. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, back when everything that Rodman d- did at the time was considered edgy. Now it's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you notice that? Uh, not until you just said it, but yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah like yeah it's just a tuesday now but either way that is uh that's gonna wrap up the month of july for you thanks for joining me today greg and we will see you all this friday with wcw nitro from july 18th 2000 and next wednesday for wcw bash the beach 1998